0: This is Wait, What? Politics with Zuma and Steele. Wait, What? is your political recap. We'll tell you who's making news and what it means to liberals and progressives everywhere. And we'll interview the newsmakers that make it happen. So from the nation's capital, here's reporter Jimmy Zuma. And from the great state of Arizona, here's Senator Victoria Steele.
1: Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Wait, What? Politics with Zuma and Steele. I'm Victoria Steele in sunny Tucson, Arizona.
2: And I'm Jimmy Zuma, and right now I'm in sunny Arizona too, uh, actually on the other side of town from Victoria, uh, out in the foothills to the east. Hello,
1: everybody. Hey,
2: (laughs) hey. And this episode is sponsored by Economic and Human Dimensions Research Associates.
1: And we welcome our new sponsor. Now, big news today. Just a few hours ago, the House approved a resolution formally authorizing the next phase of its impeachment inquiry. Now, the vote was 232 to 196. That's pretty much along party lines. And all but two Democrats backed the resolution House Republicans who spent weeks, weeks demanding that we have a vote opposed it.
2: <laughs> Not only did they oppose it, afterwards they said, It's too late. You should have done it sooner. And, <laughs> and they had various other complaints. Uh you know, this really represents uh Nancy Pelosi calling Donald Trump and the Republicans bluff, and I think it caused them to scatter and squirm. I mean, it was really funny they the the after effects of of announcing this vote a few days ago. You know, this is after they had a, a series of, of closed door hearings with a lot of people who gave very uh incriminating testimony about Donald Trump, about Giuliani, about Mike Pompeo, about Gordon Sonderland, who was the ambassador to the EU, and sounds like he has perjured himself in his testimony before the House of Representatives.
1: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and,
2: uh oh. Uh oh. And others. I mean, there's a, you know, t- as I said before, the inner conspiracy is Trump, Giuliani, Gordon Sonderland, and Mike Pompeo. And then there may be people outside of that, and it seems like there are who are also involved in it. But these folks, State Department career employees, Department of Defense career employees, National Intelligence career employees, have all gone over to Congress, and the list is fairly long. And they've all testified that, that they thought there was uh, illegal activity going on, or that they were concerned by it, or that they opposed it and got fired. Uh, any number of things.
1: Well, and in the meantime, let's let's hear from Nancy Pelosi as she was opening up the vote today and, and talking about the reason for it. This is a sad day. It's a sad day because nobody comes to Congress to impeach a president of the United States. No one. We come here to do the work, make the future better for our for our children, for, the, for America's future, we take an oath to protect and defend the Constitution, and that's what we cannot ignore. And we will not ignore when the president's behavior indicates that that investigation, that inquiry is necessary.
2: Wow, that was really something. I mean, <laughs> she made a fairly bold statement, I think, there.
1: I think so. She also, she described this impeachment inquiry as a solemn and prayerful process, not cause for glee or comfort. So Jimmy, wipe that smile off your
2: face. (laughs) I gotta say, I'm totally gleeful. I'm gleeful (laughs) that we've gotten to this point where the votes are together in the House for uh, the next phase after this one, uh, which is the impeachment vote and referral to the uh, Senate. I, you know, Having closely followed the testimony, I don't think there's any way that supported making this, anyone who supported making this testimony public could now go back and say, there's not enough there. Because there certainly is. I mean, if we just look at the list of people who have testified, you know, of course, the first one was uh, um, the former ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Yovanovitch, who was fired by the Trump administration. She testified that she was fired for opposing the Uh, trump giuliani extortion scheme and then she was followed by fiona hill a name you may remember Mm -hmm. Um, and she told um committees that giuliani had basically set up a shadow state department and that there was all kinds of shenanigans going on to force ukraine to to do the bidding of the white house and create this phony investigation
1: and this is all the Um, stuff that came out Even though this was a behind-closed-door testimony, each one of these testimonies were behind closed doors, and and the Republicans have been demanding openness and transparency. So when the Democrats give it to them, all of a sudden, they don't want it. They're backing off.
2: Well, the the other thing that they don't want you to know is 45 Republicans were members of these three committees that held these closed door hearings and were eligible to just walk into them and sit in them. Very few of them did. Um, and then when they tried their little stunt of uh, mob justice by trying to shut down the hearing by um, occupying it and eating pizza and sending videos out of the secure room and doing all kinds of things that would get you put in jail if you were a military member. There were 40 of them that did that, but of those, 15 were members of the committee. And that's what they don't want you to know. These these secret, quote-unquote, closed-door hearings had seats for 45 Republicans in them.
1: And most of them just didn't show up. They just pulled this publicity stunt of, of bursting into something that they were already allowed to be in anyway. Right.
2: And- most and the the members of that mob, fifteen of the forty, were people who were sat on those committees.
1: That's just crazy. It's just you
2: know theatrical.
1: And and here's 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 another important point. So as as we're we're mulling over this um, Trump's Ukrainian phone call those republicans those prominent folks who are trying to show their support for donald trump they're doing this by attacking biden's pelosi schiff the entire democratic process the the entire democratic party they're intag- they're attacking everybody but they are not defending trump there's no there's no defense of him there's only attacks so as they're trying to show their support for trump they can only do it by attacking democrats and not defending trump which i think is fascinating
2: yeah that's the well you know and to me that says they're afraid another shoe is going to drop and that they will have defended something that's indefensible i think that's almost certainly true i mean i think there are plenty of other shoes to drop in this and um so they're in the process now of trying to navigate the space between the law and justice and the constitution and Donald Trump. Now, obviously that's a wide gap to navigate, but they don't want to be on the, the losing side of it. They don't want to have back Trump strongly. And then something happens that's so heinous that, uh, That It is indefensible. So they've attacked, as you said, they've attacked the Democrats. They've attacked the process. They've attacked closed door hearings, which are a daily activity in the United States Congress. But they haven't defended Trump. They haven't defended his actions. They haven't said, you know, a few of them have said, well, I don't think this rises to the, the, the level of impeachment. It's wrong, but it doesn't rise to the level of impeachment. You'll hear that phrase a lot. Um, but that's not a defense.
1: That's yeah,
2: a, you know, that's a a, a, a generous sentencing.
1: <laughs> statement. Yes, yeah, that's that's not a a defense of, of right. what he's done. So, and and I, I I thought it was interesting that today Pelosi said Nancy Pelosi said is this is a sad day. It's a sad day because, and I'm quoting her, it's a sad day because nobody comes to Congress to impeach a president of the United States. No one, end quotes. Mm-hmm. And, and
2: I think that's right.
1: Yeah, I do too. What What does the polling look like on on all of this, Jimmy? Has it changed since uh, the news of, of well... News of the Ukraine. Well, I think I think before then. Has it changed since we've started talking about impeachment?
2: Well, yes, it has changed since we started talking about impeachment. You know, when the Mueller report was made public, support for impeachment was uh, pretty low. And it has stayed pretty low. Well, if you consider 44% low, it's been at 44% support for impeachment. But Opposing impeachment was above 50%. And when the news of the Ukrainian scandal broke and then become became more and more vivid, those numbers swapped. So currently, and for the month of October, support for impeachment has been in the aggregate 48%, but that's with many polls showing above, many individual polls showing above 50%. And opposition has pretty much tanked. It's down from over 50% to 43%. Now. So that
1: gives more a surety, if you will, to those people who are now supporting Nancy Pelosi and following her and voted for this today, because it was a risky thing for them to do, to, to vote right. for this.
2: And certainly a turning point was when the freshmen, <laughs> the eight freshmen said, no matter how bad this is going to hurt us in the next election, we have a constitutional responsibility. And that's what we've all been saying. And you yes. know, you and I have been yes. saying for a long time. This isn't a choice. Impeachment is not political. It's a constitutional duty. Yeah.
1: Well, Adam, Adam Schiff, Representative Adam Schiff, was, was interviewed, and he said, and uh, again, I'm quoting him, he said, the founding fathers understood that a leader might take hold of the Oval Office who would sacrifice the national security, who fail, who would fail to defend the Constitution, and they provided a mechanism to deal with it.
2: Right. And before him, Abraham Lincoln said something very similar. He said that the uh, destruction of the country wouldn't come from outside, it would come from inside. And we are at the moment that Abraham Lincoln predicted.
1: So we'll be back
2: in a few seconds after this word from our sponsor. What
1: if... We, as human beings on this planet, were able to create jobs and prosperity by going green. That is, by being economically and environmentally wiser in our use of energy and resources. Could it be done? Why, yes, that's what our friends at Economic and Human Dimensions Research Associates specialize in, whether for the World Bank, European nations, or for states and counties here in the U.S. They specialize in assessing and promoting ways to increase local jobs and prosperity through greater energy and resource productivity. Contact Economic and Human Dimensions Research Associates at theresourceimperative.com. All one word, theresourceimperative.com.
2: So, what are we left with? We're left with a string of people who have been testifying that the president was engaged in illegal, an illegal conspiracy to extort money. Some of them have testified that it cost, that Ukrainians died because of this delay between March and September. Some of them have testified that they were fired because they opposed this scandalous behavior. Some of them have just testified that what the other people have said was true. And everybody has corroborated what the whistleblower said in the whistleblower complaint. Uh, It seems like the evidence is overwhelming against uh, Trump and Giuliani and Pompeo and especially Gordon Sonderlin. I'm I'm thinking maybe Sonderlin will be the guy that flips. He'll be the one that cracks open because he already knows he's potentially guilty of perjury. And the only way to fix that is to go back and change his testimony, and give full answers.
1: So what about the, the highly decorated military veteran with a purple heart who came forward this, um, this week? I, I was up in northern Arizona on the Hopi Reservation, and I, I learned of that. What, what was his testimony? Why are the Republicans just going crazy about him?
2: Well, he's one of the two key people that have testified. Uh, that's Alexander yes. Vindeman. He's a lieutenant colonel, and he works in national security. He was detailed to the White House. He basically corroborated the testimony of a guy named Bill Taylor, who's the other important witness that happened last week. Now, Bill Taylor was really—let me talk about Bill Taylor, and then I'll get back to Colonel Vindeman. Uh, Bill Taylor was the, uh, the guy that broke the whole thing open. He testified to having firsthand knowledge. Now, if you'll remember, we heard about some text exchanges where one person in the text exchange said, are you saying that we're really holding up this this necessary uh, military aid to the Ukraine unless they open an investigation into the Bidens? And he said that to Gordon Sonderland who is the ambassador to the EU and part of the inner circle of the conspiracy to which Sunderland replied, I think we should take this off of texts. Give me a yeah. call. <laughs> and then five hours later, he sent a text saying, oh, you didn't have that right at all. I talked to the president.
1: And the president ap- apparently and, told him what to say because the words that came next right. were right. so Trumpian that it was. Yeah.
2: Illiterate. <laughs> but, by, by, Trumpian, you mean illiterate. Uh, but anyway, so Bill Taylor laid the whole thing out. He had firsthand knowledge. He was intimately involved in it. And he had witnessed the attempt to, to, to promote this, um, this uh, extortion. And he witnessed the, he basically named the quid pro quo that Republicans have been saying week after week after week, they've been chanting, there's no quid pro quo. Well, Bill Taylor came in and said, I saw the quid pro quo, I complained about it, and they told me to mind my own business. So he came in and did that, and then Colonel Vindman came in, that you were talking about, Alexander Vindman came in this week, and he was the second biggest witness in this. Everybody else said what we already know, or corroborated things, but Vindman was also there when it happened. He was in on the phone call. Now, you remember one of the other Republican complaints was uh, that nobody in the whistleblower complaint that the whistleblower didn't even hear the phone call. He just heard about the phone call. Well, Colonel Vindman heard the phone call. He listened to the whole thing. And the uh, reporting out transcript or, you know, summary or, you know, it's a summary that, that Trump calls a transcript made by the best stenographers in the world, with every comma in place. Uh, when he read it, he said, this is not complete. And he added things to it. He added things like Trump had specifically mentioned that he wanted the Bidens investigated. And that was kind of skirted around in the...
1: That's what vindeman said.
2: Yeah. So vindeman was a direct, he was in direct, he had direct knowledge of this phone call that that the Republicans have been saying nobody has direct knowledge of. Well, he did. And he quit his job to come to... So him.
1: is, is vindeman the whistleblower?
2: No, he said specifically he is not the whistleblower and that he doesn't know who the whistleblower is. He said that under oath, so I take it to be true. Republicans have tried to make him the whistleblower and they grilled him both as if he was the whistleblower and trying to get him to admit that he was the whistleblower. So I think they thought he was, but according to him, he's not, which just lets you know the depth of this. I mean, there may be 15 uh, staffers that have now testified in these closed hearings. All of them are remarkably consistent. All of them have a different part of it. Some of them say they didn't think it was a crime, uh, but that's not their decision to make. Some of them say, um, but they all are consistent about the facts that happened, that Trump not just in this phone call, but for a period of months, Trump had been holding back the money until they opened an investigation into um, the Bidens. Here's another interesting detail about this. Trump was coming from a perspective he got from Rudy Giuliani and Vladimir Putin, who both told Trump that the Ukraine is a really corrupt country. And Unlike the rest of us who would be repulsed by that, I think that, you know, if you look at the Trump psyche, he said to himself, oh, that's music to my ears. They're really corrupt. I can use that. And he was counting on that the whole time, that it was a really corrupt country as described to him by Rudy Giuliani and Vladimir Putin. So when he went to do this extortion, he didn't think it would be a problem because he thought they were a really corrupt country and they'd be happy to be corrupt with him in exchange for a lot of money. But turns out they didn't want to get involved in it. Now, the reason, Alexander Vindeman testified to the reason, that he feared if they were allowed to get away with, the Republicans were allowed to get away with what they were doing, or I shouldn't say the Republicans, because it's not all the Republicans, if the extortion conspirators were allowed to get away with what they were doing, it would likely sour the Democrats to Ukraine. And that would not only cost lives in Ukraine, but it would hurt U.S. national security by us not being intimately involved in the, in the workings of this. So where
1: are we now in this? Okay, the, the vote was taken today. Um, we've had just incredible testimony. We don't know all of it because it was behind closed doors, but we know significant pieces of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, where are we now? What's next?
2: Well, just today, there are some new interesting developments in what's happening. You know, obviously we know now um, that there is near universal, near unanimity among Democrats to go forward with this investigation. Uh, We know that there is almost a majority of Americans who are in favor of the impeachment inquiry and maybe a point or two less that are also in favor of a removal of Donald Trump. They've already made up their mind that he has done enough crimes. So what's happening with Republicans? Well, today, Republicans are riding this idea that the vote that we demanded happened too late. And that if you want to use all this testimony that you got before, you can't because it was tainted, because it was collected in a closed door meeting, which they call a secret you know, right. witch hunt meeting. But the other thing, a couple of other things have happened. In Alexander Vindman's testimony, and I almost forgot about this, at one point it's been reported that he said it was not in his written testimony, but at one point it's been reported that he said that there was a machine transcript of the call. Ah. So what we saw was not the machine transcript, but apparently there is a machine transcript of the call that they go back to to check their own facts when they're developing the Interesting. Readout. So there is a, you know, there is a smoking gun, a secret tape. Yeah, there's the machine readout, the voice recognition readout from this thing, and if that's true, it's there. It's hiding somewhere at the way. That's interesting. Then the other thing is, but this is kind of the most exciting thing to me that happened today. One is um, there's reporting out uh, just today, in between the time the vote was taken this morning and the time we're uh, doing our recording four or five hours later that Trump summoned nine Republican senators to the white house. And in the meeting with them, he threatened them. He said, I will make sure you lose your reelection money. If you vote to have me impeached.
1: Wow. He is scared.
2: He's really scared. And he is engaging in another extortion attempt.
1: Okay. He doesn't know how to not screw up this is this is his mo this is his method of operation this is how he does things with with threats and and throwing up obstacles and and, and extortion this is how he operates he does not know any different so he's going to hand this impeachment to us
2: Yeah, maybe. It seems like to me that up until now, Republicans have stayed with him, not because they believe he's telling the truth, not because they believe he's honest, not for any legitimate um, governance reason. They've stayed with him because they think that's the best way to protect Mm -hmm. themselves. You know, Republicans had a rough time after the Nixon resignation uh, for several years. And I think that they're thinking the best thing I can do is stick with Trump, even though they don't like him. But what Trump's doing today was tell is telling them maybe the best thing you can do is not stick with me because I will ruin you. Anytime I have a whim, anytime I want something I will potentially ruin. Wow. And if that's the way they see it, he just got nine more votes for impeachment, which is enough. I mean, for removal, which is enough. He may have, convince these Republican senators that he's both too much of a loose cannon to be associated with and
1: too dangerous for them,
2: too dangerous for them to work with. So we'll see how that develops Uh, over the next few days. But the idea that within hours of the vote, he had to go threaten Republican senators into voting for him for impeachment that tells me there have already been some discussions about his resignation.
1: That, that is fascinating I mean. news. Okay, I can't wait. Well, uh, Jimmy, I think that's going to wrap up this new half hour of progressive politics from Wait What. We'll be keeping an eye out for this and other stories that we just have to share with you next time.
2: That's right. And I hope that you will keep an eye out for stories for us, too. You can send us a tip idea, tip line at waitwhat.media. And I hope that you will, because we rely on people we meet, people we talk to, and listeners like you to give us some good ideas. And then I hope you'll also, you know, uh, like us on social media. I hope that you'll click on the sponsor link that's in each of our broadcasts, and maybe you can help us be able to continue to do this work and. Um, like always, it's a great pleasure to be with you, Victoria, and you, our listeners. So, bye. Bye, Jimmy. And bye, everyone.
0: Well, that's it for today's show. If you find yourself saying, wait, what? Don't worry, we'll be back next week. Subscribe to Wait, What? Politics with Zuma and Steel on your favorite podcast app. Or visit waitwhat.media. And try out our quick takes. So here's the thing commentary from Victoria Steele and the ZOP topical explainers from Jimmy Zuma. I'm Monica Price.